everybody. Welcome back to Defenders Dialogue with Carr and Adam. I'm Adam Phillips, president of Untold Stories Marketing. And with me is... Carr D'Angelo, owner of Earth 2 Comics in Sherman Oaks and Northridge, California. All right. It's Friday afternoon, and we're going to talk about the Defenders. And this is episode 33, which I'm calling Defenders by the Dozen. Fun couple of issues. I'm excited to talk about them. Yes. And uh, uh, I have a couple of notes before we get started. The easy quick one is that Jim Shooter became editor-in-chief of Marvel in January 1978. So when he edited the couple of issues of the Defenders that he edited, he was already editor-in-chief. So my mistake on saying he wasn't editor-in-chief yet at that time. He was editor-in-chief and also editor of certain books at that time. I guess so. Okay. I think that's sort of what happened with a lot of editor-in-chiefs. It's not like they were editor-in-chiefs. I mean, nowadays, an editor-in-chief is usually not an editor on a particular book. But Rarely. back then, I think yeah. it was more the case. And you also had the writer-editors. Yes. Well, which were going away at this point, yeah. Yes. The next thing I want to mention is really also kind of minor, but I thought was funny when, in retrospect. Because you remember back in issue 58, they touted that it was Doctor Strange's big return. And we first we first we complained that he, you know, in that issue, he doesn't even interact with the team. Right. And then in issue 60, I guess it was, which was the end of that, that storyline, at the end of the issue, there wasn't even a moment of Doctor Strange saying, it's great to see you guys. I'm so glad to be with the Defenders again for a minute. Like there was no, it was completely unceremonious. He just... Took you know he just disappeared from the storyline. There was no moment of well, you know he was kind of he was kind of like attached to this weird demon thing. But then they <laughs> fixed that. No, that's a good point. I mean, I, I I would say my criticism of that arc was that David Kraft felt like he was trying to do so much of hitting his Xenogenesis Blue Oyster cult beats uh-huh. that he missed the moments for that character interaction. Cause you're right. If you were, if you were sitting at, sitting down and doing it like a movie or a TV show and breaking it down by scene by scene, you'd go, okay, well at the end of the thing, what happens? Well, here's a character who's coming back to the team. We have to acknowledge that. And then if he's going off again, we also have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Well, I think that tells you how, again, see to the pants things were being done. And as you recall, the end of that story was really cramped for space. Yes. So even if they thought of it, there was just no way to shoehorn it in. Right. Anyway, I just thought it was funny when I looked back and went, hey, wait a second. <laughs> he just disappeared. Nothing. There was no leave taking. Hey, here, okay. here's, a, here's an unrelated thing. But it's kind of funny. And that's what this is what it reminds me of. Because I was talking to a friend, a very good friend of mine, who I met, you know, through comics business. You know, we were Zooming with a bunch of other friends. And I said, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but the first time we really like were hanging out at a convention together and became good friends, what was very hurtful was that I thought we came, we were really close. We, you know, took the bus out to the airport together and literally entered the airport, came down some escalator, and, you know, his gate was in one direction. And I literally just turned around and he was gone. Like he never said, hey, see you at the next one or catch oh, you, you know. Sure. And I was like, what happened? You know, and I thought like, oh, we were not really friends, you know, and, and this, you know, this was like you know, you know, 12 years ago or 14 years ago when we first met. And and, he, and his response was, 
Oh, that's funny. Ask my wife. I do that to her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you're just a jerk. Yeah. No, no, so, so that's the thing. Like Dr. Strange, is, they call it the French exit, where you don't say, you don't say goodbye to the host. You just kind of slip out. And uh... that's funny. I've always heard that called the Irish goodbye. I don't know why. Right. People call it that, too. Yeah, yeah. And it is it is a funny thing for that guy. To, that's man. So you're friends now. Oh, we're still no. We're we've been really good friends for for all this time. Oh, oh, oh okay, yeah. No, like the next the next time we were at a show together, it was like, hey, you know, and and you know, when we were, you know, it, it was all fine. But it was just like in the moment, it was just kind of really weird because I've never just not said, hey, see you later to somebody, you know. That is amazing. And he didn't even go like, oh, I got to run. I I don't want to miss my plane, or yeah, I yeah. need to go to the, you know. You know, I thought maybe it was a bit, you know, I always, I always attribute anything like that bathroom emergency. Like that's the easiest sure. way to, to forgive anybody is go, why do they do that? Oh, bathroom emergency. Yep. No, because it's the one thing nobody wants to tell you. <laughs> that is so true. Well, okay. That's a funny one, man. So I have one more note and this is from the very end of last episode where we were talking about that Beatles Marvel super special. Yeah. And I, I think I said to you, did Marvel do an adaptation of Sgt. Pepper's, the movie? And you said, yeah. Um, and I thought they did too. And I started looking at it because I was curious, like, who did the adaptation? It turns out, this is so strange. They did do an adaptation, but the movie release kept getting delayed and delayed. And they also announced it, and it was like in next issue blurbs and things. The movie kept getting delayed and delayed, and they finally never printed it in the U.S. It only got oh. printed in France and Japan which is bizarre, I know. Creative team on it was Dave Kraft, George Perez, and Jim Mooney, and a cover by Bob Larkin. And I've seen it online. You can look for it. And it, Bob you know, Larkin's He's great. awesome. And it's a painting of, like, the characters from the movie, and George Burns is sort of in the foreground. So, yeah, never printed in the U.S. Was he Sergeant Pepper, or he was... Who was he? Was, he, was he the mayor? I, I've never seen the movie. I tried watching it once, like, six or seven years ago, and I, I, I could not take it. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Yeah. Like, it, 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 is, it is a tough one. It is, it, is a, it is a tough one. But, I mean, at the time, I could, you know, I think it was Steve Martin does Maxwell Silverhammer, and I thought, oh, that's going to be the best thing ever, and it really was far from that. Yeah, he's not a good singer. Oh, there. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, George Burns is kind of running away. Oh, it's a very action-packed. That's very Yeah, strange. it's a weirdly action-oriented cover. Oh, and it is Steve Martin with the hammer. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. To me, that I look at that movie and say, oh, a lot of decisions made via cocaine. <laughs> I think Robert Stigwood was involved, right? Yes. Yeah, he was. That's how the, come the Bee Gees were the, basically the lead of the movie. You know, he was on, they were on his label and he was man, he was their manager and stuff. And you know, there's like a meeting where people just went, we got the Beatles music. We got the Bee Gees. We got Steve Martin, the funniest man in the world. We got Peter Frampton. We got right. every, we got George Burns. No way this can fail. Yeah. And Billy wow. Preston is Sergeant Pepper. Actually, that brings it back to the whole get back thing. That makes me a little sad. It, it's a great, he does, it's a great sequence. That, that's like, that's the end of the movie. It's the last five minutes of the movie. So you missed oh, it. Oh, Billy Preston's awesome. Yeah. You know, he, he he on his own is fantastic, so talented. I give him an enormous amount of credit for the sound of a lot of the Let It Be sessions and all that. Oh, yeah. You know? So anyway, okay. those are my crazy notes. So 
we can talk about comic books now, I believe. Uh, I'm starting with Defender 62, which went on sale May 16th, 1978, with an August cover date. And, uh, man, this is the beginning of a really fun story arc. It's three issues again. And the cover's by John Romita Jr. and Bob Layton, soon to be the team on Iron Man, I believe, if they weren't already. And the cover show has um, Dollar Bill in the corner in the foreground in the position that, you know, you used to see Robin the Boy Wonder in in the 50s. <laughs> and he's holding a microphone in his hand. And then in the background behind him, there's a giant Nighthawk surrounded by a whole bunch of heroes, Falcon, Captain Marvel, Spider-Woman, Nova, Jack of Hearts, Iron Fist, and Power Man, Valkyrie, Hercules, Hulk, Human Torch, Iron Man, Hellcat, and uh, the Angel from the X-Men. And there's about three of these. One of them is kind of a cheat, and three of them, I think, are yeah. not even in the story. Yeah, is that right? I didn't notice that. Uh, Human uh, Torch is not in the story. Yeah, Angel, is he not in the story? I don't think he is. I don't think Angel is. I think Iron Man shows up next issue briefly. Oh, I thought it was at, or I thought it was at the end of this. Oh, issue. maybe it's at the end of this issue. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Or maybe not. You know, no, you may be. You may be right. No, I, th- I kind of think it's at the end of the issue because that's the hook for the next issue. And Spider Woman. Spider Woman's not in the issue. Ah, there you go. Under the logo and sort of over the corner box, it's, there's a caption that says, "Possibly the wildest Defenders saga ever. Tons of action, loads of suspense, and more than a few laughs." And he's that's not wrong. Well, maybe, maybe not the suspense so much. <laughs> yeah, less suspense, more laughs, less suspense. Yeah, and then at the bottom there's an arrow that says the insanity begins with this announcement, and then a point that's pointing to the arrow is pointing to a word balloon coming from Dollar Bill that says, "It's easy, folks. You too can be a defender for a day." <laughs> and, and you know, I have a shirt that I'm actually wearing right now in honor of. This broadcast, broadcast might be going too far. (laughs) (laughs) Coles, of all people, did a t-shirt that was this cover. That's so funny, yes. Yeah, as I was saying earlier, our podcast has finally caught up with your shirt. Yeah, and and I wonder if it's because the Nighthawk face is so big. It's also weird that that narration box, that, you know, possibly the wildest Defender saga ever, like, Uh deliberately covers up Nighthawk's face. Oh, uh, I just thought they were, it wasn't Nighthawk so much as the corner box, but you know, it is, there's some funny stuff going on there with the layering of the characters in a way. It's like the that caption is behind Falcon, but in front of the corner box and the Nighthawk is in front of the logo and, you know, but Angel's behind the logo. Anyway, it's awesome. It's a really fun cover. I remember liking it when it came out. I still like it. It got me excited. It did. And speaking of characters who make a big comeback and are not touted at all, like Doctor Strange a couple of issues ago, um, this issue we welcome back Sal Buscema. <laughs> yes, that was exciting. I forgot about that. Yeah, he comes back for three issues. So the credits on this are David Kraft, Dashing Dialogue, Sal Buscema and Jim Mooney, Pandemonious Pictures. I may as well keep going because they're very silly. Yes, yes. Jay Costanza, Lively Letters, B. Sharon, Crazy Colors, Bob Hall, Enthusiastic Editing, Jim Shooter, Editor-in-Chief, and then for some reason under that it says, Ock! Yeah, I wondered what about that. <laughs> I don't know. 
That is odd, yes. I'm not sure what. Anyway, uh, this seems to be another three-parter, or, or it is a three-parter, but, you know, Dave Kraft is planning it that way because at the bottom of the first page it says, Dollar Bill's Documentary Disaster, Part 1. And the story is called Membership Madness. And in and case I, I don't remember it when we get to the next issue, no. the next issue does not have Dollar Bill's Documentary Disaster Part 2. Well, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's funny. It's uh, He just sort of dropped that, which is understandable to some degree. But I don't know why, but I just bl- I'm going to blame editor-in-chief Jim Shooter. Anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes well, sense. I mean, I, again, because I think the, the next, it's sort of a separate story, and I think even it's continued, It obviously. is, really. But I think it is one of those weird things which it might, you know, it's sort of like, well, why do we need to tell people it's part two? Right. It's it's just the next issue. Everything's a part two or a part three in a Marvel comic, you know? Yeah. Um, it's not like they're advertising for new arcs on the cover or anything, but um, right. anyway. It, 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 but yeah, that, 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 that struck me. Yeah, I hear you. So as the story begins, we're at the Long Island Writing Academy place, and the Defenders are playing Frisbee. So it's Hulk, Valkyrie, Nighthawk, Hellcat, Aragorn's, you know, nibbling away at some grass. And they're just sort of relaxing and playing Frisbee. And there's a couple of pages of them playing Frisbee, and Hellcat does some kind of weird kick, and the Frisbee goes flying way off, but Nighthawk flies up to get it. Nighthawk throws it to Hulk. Hulk throws it really hard and hits Valkyrie in the stomach, and she goes flying. But it's not a big deal, um... You know, nobody's hurt or anything. When suddenly, Dollar Bill comes running out. This guy's still hanging around. <laughs> I don't really like Dollar Bill as a character much. I think he's just sort of a pain in the butt. I know they need catalysts to get these stories going, but I just find him unappealing. Well, he falls into that category of character that you see in a movie or a TV show as well, which is nobody likes him, so why is he there? Right. Like, how does he get this access? How did he get a ride out to the riding academy to, yeah. you know, it just, it, it, he's got all this access and everyone's going like, well, what are you doing here? And how did this happen? And, you know, but that's sort of the whole, but in this particular issue, that's the premise of the issue. Yeah. So he goes running outside and says, everybody come on in you'll or you'll miss my Defenders documentary. You're going to be on TV. You're going to be a star. I've done it again. Or sorry, Dollar Bill's done it again. <laughs> and the team's all going like, wait, what? This team, and Nighthawk says, this Defender's supposed to be a secret. And he gets really pissed off at uh, Dollar Bill, but Dollar Bill just doesn't seem to care one bit. Like Nighthawk saying he could sue him, and you've ruined everything for us. Thanks a heap creep, he says. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And Hellcat doesn't seem to care at all. She's excited to be on TV. Well, no, and Uh, I really like this sequence because it is bringing out the characters. Yes, that for sure. You know, in a way, you know, like we were, you know, earlier talking, um, you know, it, that that's kind of been a bit missing, you know, but where it's like, yeah, Patsy Walker, you know, was a former model, so of course, the idea that she's going to be back on TV in a show that everybody watches, sure, that's right. exciting to her. Yeah, and Valkyrie defends Dollar Bill and says he means well and whatever. It's like, yeah, she, he's her friend. Nobody else really likes him, but Valkyrie seems to, possibly because she's never had a friend before. Right. So. Nighthawk calms down a little bit, and <laughs> I, all of Dollar Bill's dialogue also is delightfully terrible. Like, uh, he says, Boffo, his cork's capped, meaning Nighthawk is no longer angry. Right. Let's boogie on in. 
And Valkyrie sort of says, you know, like, okay, but never do something like this again. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. So um, they go inside and this yeah, is never a- make a documentary about us and publicize us and put it on TV again. Never do that again. Yeah, it's like, how did he put it on TV? Anyway. Yeah, that, that is the interesting thing. That is a stretch. You know, I, don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be public access. I mean, I, 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 was, just, I, was, I was kind of looking for that explanation. Yep. I was just going to say public access right after the naked uh, talk show. Oh, geez. <laughs> anyway, so they go inside and they're all sitting on this couch, except Hulk is sitting nearby on, a ta- on the edge of a table. And such a weird opening moment here where of this scene where Nighthawk says, one thing's for sure, TV commercials are still as bad as ever. Uh, okay, he seems like a real sourpuss. <laughs> because it's supposed to be a secret. Yeah, that's the real problem. Then we get a sequence of everything goes into like TV-shaped sort of, TV screen-shaped sort of uh, panels with the lettering to the side. Back and when TV screens were square... <laughs> yeah, I mean they they had to squeeze it in by making them square, but so there's like square panels with captions next to them, and uh, yeah, it says Dollar Bill presents the Dynamic Defenders, and there's footage of monster, you know, demons coming toward the camera, and then the Hulk only it's upside down because he didn't do a good job editing, and then more de- them fighting demons more again, and then I love this panel of you know, how great the defenders are. And there's a shot of Hellcat way, way in the distance. <laughs> and the Hulk so close up, it's just at the bottom of his foot, basically. Right. Well, funny. I think, and I think, you know, it, it's fun that, you know, Sal Sam has really kind of picked up on it. But the idea was clearly to show that he's not a good filmmaker because all the yeah. shots are really off. I mean, and the one with, you know, Dr. Strange and the demon, it's like cut off Dr. Strange's head. Yes. You can't even see that it's Dr. Strange. Yeah. Right. They showed that demon with Dr. Strange sticking out of him at the top. And yeah, you're right. That is Dr. Strange. And they cut him off. All the, almost all these shots are kind of a mess. Then they show the Hulk smashing a, a uh, an air force plane. I and mean, this is all stuff that he shot during the Xenogenesis finale. Right. An extreme close-up of Valkyrie's bottom two-thirds of her face. <laughs> and it ends with some shots from the lunatic story from with Spider-Man, so they show that. And then the, he actually shows how lunatic got away, and as we said, he hid in the base of that silly statue. Right. Which is like just crazy. And so then we cut back for a split second to the reactions of the defenders going like, Oh, so that's where Lunatic went. Now we look like idiots. <laughs> oh, man. I know. It's funny, and that's what we were saying. We, I mean, and I guess I, I know I have to allow that we subliminally remember things in, in quote-unquote guessing that that's where he went. I, I forgot, though, that it was the next issue. And he's sort of doing the same thing, the same little gimmick that he got a lot of praise for with, you know, Moon Knight. You know, how did Moon Knight get out? Oh, it was the beer can, you know? Yeah. Sure. It's, uh, but again, but I like that aspect of, of this style of storytelling where you, you keep going, and we see it in television all the time now. I mean, how many TV shows show, but here's what really happened. Oh, sure. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that's pretty much like the premise of anything with kind of a mystery. You get that retelling of like, oh, I thought it was this, but then you go back and you, you, you see who, you know, 
No, the yep. knife was picked up by this person, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then we come to the end of the documentary part where, so now we've seen recent Defenders adventures, and now we're getting a few panels of Dollar Bill himself just talking directly to the camera about the Defenders and how they're not a group like the Avengers. They don't have any rules, bylaws, charter, anything like that. If you have superpowers, you can join the team. So come on, everybody, get in on the action. It's a lot of fun. I do love that idea that, like, since nobody's a defender, everybody's a defender. I mean, it's kind of like a, a, a great, you know, that he seized on that that gimmick. You know, again, he's yeah. an annoying character, but he made it a good selling point. Yeah, it's funny. Maybe he wants to sell it as a reality show, right? Like, you know, yeah. defenders auditions and. He'd be way ahead of his time, I think. <laughs> There's not much in the way of reality television at this point. America's next top defender. <laughs> So that portion ends. Oh, and he calls them Dollar Bill's Dynamic Defenders. Yes. <laughs> Oof. And Nighthawk is really pissed about that. And he's saying, like, you know, he's yelling at Bill and saying, who appointed you, our press agent? And this, You just made a laughing stock out of us. And this is supposed to be a secret team. Where do you get off, buddy? That, you know, all that kind of stuff. And Valkyrie says, like, well... We're not uh, anonymous anymore, but it's hardly the end of the world. I'm sure we'll be fine. Hellcat thinks now she's going to be a big star. And this is so dumb where Hulk says, like, Catgirl is no burning light in the sky. Catgirl is Catgirl. <laughs> yeah. like, are you going to tell me that the Hulk does not know what the secondary meaning of star is? <laughs> Come on. You know, Nighthawk's still fuming, but Valkyrie says, hey, we survived Xenogenesis. We can survive this, too. I'm sure. But Nighthawk says, now everyone will want to be on the team. Don't you see what he's done? And is there is the coloring off? I thought I thought Bird Nose had a yellow bird nose. Uh, and I don't know if it's digitally maybe they fixed it, but digitally no. I'm looking at the old the original comic and it like his nose piece is blue and it's just looking weird to me. That is funny. No, he's he's not got a, a yellow nose here either. I don't okay. know. I don't have to tell you, man. Or that I'm seeing his nose underneath the thing. It's just there's something weird about the design of yeah, like on the cover, the the, the nose piece covers his nose more like Batman, you know. And right. here it's and here it's almost like huh. you know, that'd be more considered like a Captain America style where your nose is showing. Uh, I'm looking back and I don't see any yellow nose since he got his new costume. Okay, maybe it's not a yellow. Maybe it's it's not that, but it just seems like his nose isn't covered by the by that piece. I, yes, that I agree with. That the cover, uh, the part of the mask that comes down over his nose, isn't really coming down low enough. Okay, so now we cut to they actually say it somewhere in here. Anyway, it's back to Russia, and the presence Sergei is examining an area. Uh, he's flying down in his chair, and he's examining an area where it's just all full of toxic waste and broken down machinery and, you know, some kind of big problem that he sees that he is going to have to deal with. But it's the last caption on the page is, more on what Sergei sees, next issue. So we're going yep. to have to wait. I can wait because I'm not, you know, I'm not really that fond of Sergei. No, he's not very interested. Sergei. Right. And then we uh, go back to the Defenders and it's, the next day after the, the documentary and there are Nighthawks going to the front door and people are ringing the bell on and on and on and on. 
And he goes, opens the door, looks outside, and there's a whole bunch of superheroes hanging around in the yard going, hey, hey, everybody. So Hercules is sort of the ringleader of this new group of, of heroes have shown up. I, and he says, I, Hercules, doth proclaim with pride that this glorious day shall be forever remembered as the Defender's finest. Okay. And just to say it, um, there's Ms. Marvel in her new costume, Son of Satan. Both of whom have, have guest starred. Yeah, that's true. Lorna Dane, uh, Jack of Hearts, Stingray, Iron Fist, Captain Marvel, Hercules, like I said, Black Goliath, Nova, and Marvel Man. Marvel in this, Man? In this panel. Don't you mean Miracle Man? <laughs> this, is, this is the fellow who was originally Marvel Boy. Yep. Um, also known as the Crusader, I believe, at one point. Yes, in the Fantastic Four appearance, maybe? Yeah, and then more generally known as Quasar, correct? Right, right. And I didn't Grant Morrison or somebody write a miniseries with him as Marvel Boy again? Like in the... It was Marvel Boy, but that was that was like an alternate Earth kind of thing that uh, was okay. not related specifically to the history of Marvel Boy as Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas was bringing, surprise, surprise, uh -huh. Roy Thomas was bringing back a 1950s Marvel character. Who I think was Marvel who I think was created by his good friend Bill Everett, as I recall. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that was a Bill Everett jam. Anyway, so Nighthawk's still pissed off when he sees this group. He's he's really like he grabs Dollar Bill, who's been sleeping on the couch, grabs him and throws him out of the house bodily, as they say. And then he steps outside and sees Falcons on the roof and Falcons saying, hey, leave the dude alone. As a defender, you should set an example, dig. <laughs> like, uh, you, know, Falcon, you haven't even been a defender, except you're claiming to be one now. So I'm not sure you know what the defenders oh, should do, should or should not do. And then sitting next to the Falcon is the Prowler from Spider-Man, right? Yeah, and that was who is now is he Joe Robertson's son? Maybe I vaguely recall that, but boy, that's um, vague. I mean, I think he was only in that one Spider-Man issue. I don't recall him ever coming yeah, back even. Yeah, this is like a. I mean, unless he was like, was he in Peter Parker or something at this time? Reform. I mean, I think I, he yeah, it's just it's a, it's it's a strange bit. Yeah, there um, are some strange choices here, like Stingray or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Stingray though had more had had more history and recently was in was in in that they, they do reference a Hulk story that he had been in re somewhat contemporaneously. Ah, okay. I got to also say though he calls the Falcon Mister Budinsky, but I'm pretty sure Budinsky has two T's. Oh yeah, that's Mister Butinsky. Mister Mister Butinsky, yes, exactly. <laughs> completely different name. And then I also love that that the Falcon says, "I'm the Falcon," and it's like yep. such an old man line. I don't care if you're the Maltese Falcon. Get off of my roof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Nighthawk grabs Falcon by the ankle to try to pull him off the roof, and Falcon starts flying away, and they start a, an aerial chase, and things are about to go crazy because the other defenders are all looking out the window now and going, what the hell? Except, of course, Hellcat goes, I must have died and gone to hunk heaven. Like, 
anyway, they're all kind of going like, well, we should welcome our guest. And Valkyrie says, maybe we should make some coffee, Patsy. What do you think? And she's like, nope, I'm not making coffee. I'm going to go show off my new shadow cloak. So Valkyrie decides she'll make the coffee. <laughs> and she asks Hulk to come and help her, which I thought was funny. That Hellcat goes out and greets everybody. And now there's other people there like Captain Ultra, who was um, one of the worst dressed characters of all time from this is the guy I was thinking of a few episodes back when I was talking about the character with the incredibly ugly costume during yeah. the, you know, Fantastic Four auditions to take the thing's place issue. Right. That's the only place where Captain Ultra shows up is at superhero team auditions. Yeah, pretty much. But I thought it was actually a great use of him because yeah. he is because that's been established that he wants to be on a team. So when there's an open thing that says you just have to show up and you're on the team, of course Captain Ultra is going to be there. So that is a nice little bit of, of um, Marvel continuity. Yep. And then there's Paladin, who I think was a Daredevil character, but got a Marvel premiere solo yeah, issue. Yeah, one shot. Yeah, I kind of I see him drawn by Carmen Infantino or something. Yes. And the Torpedo, who I always thought was kind of a cool character. Yeah, he uh, originally appeared. That was like my first, one of my first Daredevil yeah. issues. And it's Marv Wolfman wrote it. And I believe it was maybe like a Bob Brown, Claus Jansen kind of a yes, concoction. Probably. And it That's was one I mean. of the like the first stories I ever read where, well, Tor Torpedo is actually like a crusading district attorney. But he gets oh, yeah. into a, a fight with, with Daredevil and they wind up, you know, in... <laughs> in you know bad part of town whatever you know the poor part of town and they wind up tearing right. up somebody's house and you know, apartment and at the end you know they're standing in the rubble and you know the family you know is is looking at them and holding a baby and like you know what are you guys doing and it was the first time we're like oh wow i'm so i feel bad cheering on all this action we call it right in comics when right. it actually has a cost and it was like the first time i'd ever yeah, which is a very Marvel kind of thing. I mean, eventually there was even like you no know, damage control and all of that. Oh yeah, but but you know that, that that idea that like when they're fighting in the middle of New York, it can actually hurt people. Yeah, right, right. Anyway, then Nova and Marvel Man. Was it, no, what was his name? Marvel. Well, yeah, he's calling himself Marvel Man. Yeah, Marvel Man. Okay, I don't know. I I got confused for a second. Nova and Marvel Man see the horses. The pretty horses, yeah, and they decide just... they're going to go ride the horses and play cowboy. It's a bit dopey, yeah. It is really silly, and for some reason, these guys are best buddies all of a sudden out of nowhere. I mean, Richard Ryder, okay, he's in high school, but still. Yeah, so they go racing off with the White Tiger to check out the horses. And then um, some of the other characters are all sort of going, you know, we need a leader. Everybody needs a leader. How about Captain Marvel says, I nominate Hercules. And these this group of characters say, yeah, of course, Hercules. So Hercules has decided that he's going to be the leader of the Defenders because, you know, he's already been in the Avengers and the Champions. Had to bring up the Champions. Had to bring up the Champions. <laughs> and then there's a page of the boys all falling off their horses and trying to get back on. And I thought this was really funny, by the way. I'm sorry, before the horses thing. I thought it was really funny that they're, like, literally voting. I mean, Nighthawk has no idea what's going on, and you've got this faction yes. of new defenders over here just going, we're <laughs> voting a new leader. Yeah, and by the way, the, the most obscure character in this, I think, is Tagak. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's in this big panel where they're talking about who should be leader. He was a daredevil villain, too, but I think yeah, from yeah. much earlier. Like from and I wonder, I mean, it's one of those things where, oh, he was a villain or he's like an antagonist, you mean? An antagonist, if you yeah. will, yes. Because I actually read a teeny bit about him today, and apparently he came from some distant planet where he was a hero. Okay, I remember the cover. I mean, it's... It, oh, I, do you? I, yeah, because I think I had a big Daredevil collection I went through recently, so it kind of like stuck out. And I think it, it might be an issue that's got like another significant thing in it that isn't uh. about you know, necessarily the first tag act. I can't remember. <laughs> or it just was sort of an interesting costume that, that stuck out. Yeah. And you've also got, I mean, Captain Marvel is kind of like wild. I mean, considering what happens to the character within the next couple of years, it's kind of like that. He's just kind of like hanging out, you know, like I never thought Captain Marvel was someone who would show up for, you know, a super team. Yes. It's a little odd, you know, cause and- in his comic around this time, he is just totally always, almost always, out in 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 in, um, in space in space yeah yeah you're right he was having all these cosmic adventures and things i mean it's you know this is like um late i would guess late in the Englehart and al milgram part of that i, I think Englehart is gone i'm looking at it now i'm looking at it like what did you say this was january what's the 78 yeah this era it's actually scott edelman Oh, so right after Engelhardt. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he stuck around for a little while and did some nice stories. Still with Milgram drawing, I believe. Yeah, you're getting no, you're getting into some fill-ins by this point, but okay. Yeah, Al Milgram last issue is like November '77. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, now it's going into transition, and then it doesn't really last very long after that. So I no, think it's Pat Broderick of, comes on. I think Pat Broderick, yeah, and Doug yeah. Mensch. Yes. And then they banked. I don't know. if And then there's like issues. I think they show up as as four issues of Marvel Spotlight. I don't know if they were just would have been the next four issues or right. They might have been banked or something, or they were just trying to revive it. Uh huh. Then we get a moment of, you know, young superheroes cannot ride horses very well, and uh, the Falcon still flying around, leading Nighthawk on a chase, and then they they swoop down, scare the horses, so. You know, the horses are now, like, stampeding, practically. <laughs> so they're heading toward the house. Meanwhile, Valkyrie has come, and Hulk have come out with coffee for everybody. <laughs> yeah, there's just, like, a lot of crazy stuff going on here. Yeah, but this is, like, I mean, again, I, I'm. it took me back, uh, you know, to where we were, like, just in our show a couple months ago, you know, like, where it was that kind of goofiness, and you didn't know what was going to happen next, and, you know, they might just be showing up at a, you know, at a, uh, an encounter group where everyone turns into bozos or now, you know, <laughs> here they are serving a bunch of heroes, you know, Some coffee, really bad yeah. coffee. You know? yeah. And Ms. Marvel says, thank you for the coffee. And Valkyrie's like, have we met? I'm Ms. Marvel in a new costume. Ah. Anyway, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's funny. And Stingray realizes like, Oh, wait, Hulk fought me. Last time I saw Hulk, he was beating the tar out of me. <laughs> Hopefully he won't notice me here. And, uh, yeah, there's problems because there's no sh- cream or sugar. And then everybody tries drinking it, and it's terrible. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, I, I love it when when, uh, when Paladin says, hey, what about the cream and sugar? And Hulk just says, drink it black. <laughs> that was pretty great. And then finally we're getting to a point where something's going to really happen in the story because a bunch of the heroes are going like, hey, why is the Hulk here? 
<laughs> the Hulk is, you know, considered a menace pretty far and wide. We've got to capture him. Here's my plan, Torpedo says to Black Goliath, Iron Fist, Havoc, and Tagak. And then there's this really funny page of basically it's Jack of Hearts and Captain Ultra kind of trying to see who which of them is going to make time with Hellcat. <laughs> yeah, Captain Ultra is a real jerk, though. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. And that gets interrupted by Falcon and Nighthawk flying through and the horses, the guys and their horses coming up fast. Yeah, great. It's really cinematic. It's a nice little bit. Yeah, actually. It's just where they're like, they're kind of facing off in profile and just you see all the stuff going on behind them. The flying heroes overhead and then you pull back a little and you see all these other heroes coming at them. Coming up on horseback, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, It's pretty great. Yes, it's a great page. And then on the last page of the issue already, the horses, the, the horses with their guys on them, uh, their riders on them, are knocking over these heroes, and Hulk's going, "Ugh, I don't like all these people. It's too many people. I'm going to go hide and uh, wait for things to calm down a little." So he's like in the bushes. When all those guys who were just saying we got to capture the Hulk jump out of the bushes to get the Hulk, so that's the end of the issue. And it says next sheer Hulkocost. Not to mention more superheroes than you can shake a stick at and scads of supervillains, too. So you were right. Iron Man shows up next issue. Yeah, and um, and, and Luke Cage is another one who is not in, in the issue. Oh, yeah, he's not in the issue. Just just Iron Feet. I mean, Fist. Were they doing Luke Cage? When, when did they? Were they doing that yet? I feel like it was like right around this time, but I can't swear to it. Power Man, Iron Fist. Power Man, Iron Fist. Right. Oh, it'd be, yeah. It's, it's originally Heroes for Hire, of course. Yeah, that's, that's a book that went through a lot of different names. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. It's contemporaneous. It just it pretty much just happened. There you go. So cool. Fun issue. And I hate to say it, but I think that might be the last issue of the Defenders I bought off the newsstands. Really? Yeah. I'm looking at this next one, and it's like I don't remember any of this, unless I missed a month, which is possible too. Well, you you know, it's hard to forget the the Prowler, you know, sneaking up on the Hulk. <laughs> yes. Anything else to add on that issue before we continue? What what a what a what a good time. I mean, it's really it's, fun. It's funny though, you know, they use back the I mean, the coffee joke. The coffee joke almost ran longer than the Elf with a Gun, if you stop and think about it. <laughs> but um, but it 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 was it didn't really work the first. I mean, did they do it twice? I remember the first time where the coffee like two times, know, three times maybe. But yeah, that Patsy Walker couldn't make coffee, and the machine would ex- the percolator would explode or whatever. Yeah, right. You know, but it's it, it, it's again. I don't think it was planned this way, but I do appreciate that. I thought it was brought back in a clever way of Patsy going, "I'm not making the coffee." You know, yeah. And Valkyrie having to do it. Yes, that was a better way to do it than to have to go through the whole cliche. Oh, she tries to do it but can't again. Right. All right. So issue sixty three. Went on sale July 4th, 1978, according to my notes. So something must have happened because there's no, according to the release data from Mike's Amazing World of Comics, there was no issue in June. So this one got pushed out to July 4th. I don't know. That's a little weird to me. This issue has a cover by Joe Sinnott. And I remember this was a, a period where they let Joe Sinnott just pencil and ink a whole bunch of covers. 
and they were cool. They were always pretty cool. They had a little bit of a John Buscema feel. This one, I think, is based on a Dave Cockrum sketch. Just looking at a couple of the figures, they look very Cockrum-ish. But, you know, it's still mostly uh, Joe Sinna doing a great job. Yeah, and I still thought, and I thought there was also like a little bit of, of Kirby. Sure. You know, just some of the, but it, yeah, it, it took me a while. To, I was looking at it going, who is this? And then I saw Joe Sinnott's name at the bottom. That was a right. big clue. But I thought, <laughs> oh, did the U, I thought the UPC box must have covered up the, the, the penciler. Because I, I honestly was not aware that. that uh, oh, is there a UPC box on, on your, uh, you have a hard copy of it in front of you, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Because on the digital, there's no UPC box at all. So you get to see um, with More the of... Tagox <laughs> shoulders. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so basically it's just a melee here of like the Hulk sort of in the center, but he's not very big. And and Nighthawk's above him getting swatted away by Stingray. And, I mean, everybody's just fighting everybody. Hellcat's sort of jumping down on Torpedo and Tagak in the foreground. Havoc is blasting at Hulk from the background. Lorna Dane is way in the back, or Polaris, way in the background coming up toward them. And like I said, Stingray's clobbering uh, Nighthawk. Action-packed! Hero versus hero. A caption that says, Old Defenders and New, slug it out to the finish. Tournament of Heroes. And yeah, that's a pretty prominent placement for Tagak. <laughs> so um, this issue, pretty close to the same exact credits as last time. Dave Craft Story, Salvi Sema, and Jim Mooney artwork. Roger Slifer coloring for some reason. Okay. Yeah. And the story's called Deadlier by the Dozen. Well, that's where they <laughs> We start off right where we left off last time with all those heroes attacking the Hulk. And, you know, Hulk's just sort of center stage and all these guys are jumping out at him. But, you know, with like Torpedo and Havoc blasting at him and Black Goliath hitting him real hard and stuff like that, Hulk's, you know, got a lot to fight. That's like a lot for him to deal with. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're uh, you know, ganging up on him. They're ganging up, but it's not fair. No. He's just one Hulk. He's just one Hulk. He just wants to be left alone. It is an interesting point that, you know, this team of heroes has been, you know, counted Hulk as one of their main members for a really long time. And not everyone's going to see it that way, you know, because Hulk's also been on the run from a lot of heroes over the years. You know, that's one of the funniest lines, though, in the, What's that? the documentary that dollar bill does because he says something like you know little known you know defenders isn't comprised of little known characters like you know valkyrie and nighthawk and the hulk and i'm like oh people know who the hulk is i mean <laughs> yeah he, he's right. he's ran through new york enough times in his own book and is in the defenders that people know to watch yeah. out for the hulk right so they're, they're, they're all fighting, and Nighthawk's still chasing Falcon from last issue. And just then, Iron Man shows up. <laughs> There's his jets. Um, and Hellcat, <laughs> Valkyrie, and Hercules are all kind of watching as Iron Man comes up behind them and lands and says, here's a letter for you, Hellcat. It's been lying around the Avengers mansion for quite a while. And also... Due to that TV documentary, a whole bunch of supervillains are doing criminal activities in New York City and calling themselves the Defenders. 
So you may want to do something about that. Doctor, he's like, yeah, it's our responsibility. We got to take care of it. But first, Hercules says, we got to restore order to our ranks. The lust of battle is upon them. They will only comprehend one thing, a tree. So he takes a tree and rips it out of the ground. He doesn't say a tree. He takes a tree, <laughs> rips it out of the ground, and sort of swats everybody off their feet. It's a good bit. It is. Strong guy, that Hercules. Even but, but I, love, I love Iron Man just popping and going. I mean, again, it's such a bizarre thing. It's in terms of like, you know, the, uh, again, the, the storytelling device of show, don't tell, to just have that Iron Man show, show up and say, hey, there's villains calling themselves the Defenders in New York committing crimes. You better get over there. Yeah. Like, it's something that really, you know, again, pacing wise, you could have set it up by yeah. showing a page. Of, of of some guys robbing a bank and going, where are the defenders? Uh, you know, I hear you, but somehow they pull it off here. I don't know why. It just seems to work better for me than other examples of things like this. I think it's partly because he also had the, let's deliver this important letter. I mean, obviously it's going to be important. I don't know. It, it, didn't, it didn't bug me. Your yes. letter for Hellcat, yes. It's from Hellcat for you know, Hellcat. It's, you know, it's a funny bit. In tone of the, the story, it also makes Maybe sense. that's it. Maybe you that's know, it. Iron Man's just going to show up and go, we don't have time to deal with this, guys. you got to clean up your own defenders. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so Hercules is kind of giving everyone a speech about how we have to pull together and whatever. Hearken to the words of Hercules and somebody here, I think that's Captain Ultras, that has a thought balloon. It's like, what a windbag. Yeah. And then um, Hulk's like annoyed as hell and he says, you know, you fight your own fights. I'm getting out of here. And he takes off. And then Valkyrie sort of takes charge here, which I love. This is like what my, just about my favorite moment in the story where she says, hey, we've got so many heroes here. We're going to split up into three teams. Okay. Now you're in charge of this team. You're in charge of this team. I'm in charge of this team. Let's pick sides, choose up, and uh, we'll head into the city and try to take care of things. So um, Hercules goes with, um, am I really going to go through this? I guess I am. <laughs> Hercules goes with oh, yeah. <laughs> Havoc, Hellcat, Captain Ultra, Black Goliath, White Tiger, and Iron Fist. And Valkyrie chooses Falcon, Torpedo, Stingray, The Prowler, and Jack of Hearts. And Nighthawk goes with Nova, Son of Satan, Tagak, Polaris, and Marvel Man. And then Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and Paladin all say, yeah, we're not hanging out for this. We don't want to be defenders after all. This is a dumb idea. You know, Captain Ultra reminds me of the guy, you know, that you also almost often run into, like, at a convention who nobody knows. It's nobody's friend. And he winds up, like, in your group. And then by the end of the convention, you know, he's, like, having dinner with Jim Lee because he's just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> up, up the ladder. Yeah. And he's sitting there with Jim Lee and Alan Moore. And, you know, I know that guy. I, we all have met him. <laughs> like, how? Oh, you know, but they, I, I had that happen to me once. And someone said, I thought he was your friend. So we let him come to dinner with us. And I'm like, the guy is, no, I, I, I didn't go. I figured if I didn't go to dinner with you guys, you weren't going to invite him along. Yeah. Oh my God. That's hilarious. And so true. <laughs> so anyway, everybody takes off in their direction, in their directions going into New York city, but a bunch of people in Hellcat's group say, Hey, wait, we don't fly. How are we going to get there? So she pulls out that red sports car and uh, everyone piles in except for 
Black Goliath, who is big enough to run alongside and keep up. And I do like that they kept to it that it is a European or British designed car. So I'm always uh-huh. waiting for them to put the steering wheel on the wrong side, but I think they've 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 kept it consistent. Right, right. And I love this note at the end of the page here too, where like the last team leaving is Nighthawk's team, and Nighthawk says, "We can't let them hog all the glory. What are we waiting for, heroes?" And Son of Satan goes, "You." <laughs> and he says, "Nighthawk says, don't be sarcastic, Hellstrom." <laughs> I thought that was pretty great. Yeah, you haven't. You're the leader, and you haven't told us what to do. Start leading. Start leading, leader. Idiot. <laughs> so they fly into the city, and everyone's Nighthawk's team. Their people are complaining because he's going too fast, and some of these other people will have to carry some whatever member of the team that is. I can't even tell who doesn't fly. Who is that? Oh, Tagak. It's Tagak. It's Tagak. He's tagging along, tagacking along. <laughs> And they come upon a scene of somebody saying, help, police, a defender just stole my car. So they swoop down and say, he was huge. The guy saying, he was huge, powerful. I was helpless to stop him. Nighthawk says he was no defender. We're the real defenders. They go grab the car and stop it, and lift it and bring it back. And it turns out that the huge, powerful villain is actually the owner's teenage son who was running away with the car for some reason. And then the guy starts getting really upset because in stopping the car, they scuffed up the finish and he's yeah, this is, I, Yeah. It's not this a great scene... sequence. What? Not a great sequence. No, because it's, I mean, that's, I think that's when I thought about the other scene, you know, with Iron Man, or even if it was here, I still thought this is a waste of three pages for the joke of, because and and here's the thing it's not a it's not an honest setup because uh-huh. the guy says the guy says someone stole my car they were big and powerful and i don't know who they were but then he knows it was his kid yeah it doesn't really work um they bring it back and like i said he gets upset because it's the paint scuffed and they start he starts threatening them with like um you know we're you're going to take you to court over this or whatever and then they were the defenders remind him that you cr- you called us for help, buddy. So don't you know? Yeah, there goes that. And he kind of drives off, but he's shaking his fist out the window, saying, "You've not heard the last of this. I'm going to blow the whistle on all of you. I'll see you in court." Yeah, I mean, and again, that that's an empty. You know, that's not that's not going anywhere. That that's no. Not a, that's, <laughs> that's no elf with a gun, right? No, but also, and Nighthawk gets really angry, and is also. I mean, he's not threatening the guy; he's threatening to. But he's threatening to beat up the guy's car. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Maybe you'd like us to do some custom body work on your precious buggy with our fists. Yeah. You know, I have to say, like when Steve Gerber was riding the Defenders, Nighthawk had a bad temper, but he was kind of working on it. And here in Dave Kraft's Defenders, Nighthawk has a bad temper, and he's not working on it. Yeah, he's really letting him go. Yeah, he has not come to peace. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it doesn't really matter ultimately, but you know, it's just a different point of view on the character. Anyway, then we cut back to Soviet Russia. This is where the caption actually specifically says Soviet Russia. (laughs) Um, And Sergei, now we see what Sergei saw last issue, which is a giant, like two story high, blobby amoeba thing with sort of a mushy, slumpy face. This is the outcome of years of Soviet 
nuclear research to have this kind of monster and I've got to stop it and blah, blah, blah. And he started shoots at it with a ray uh, from his hand and doesn't seem to have any real effect except now the amoeba is more aware of him and reaches out one of its little protoplasm blobby arms and grabs him and pulls him in and absorbs him. And Sergei realizes that the thing's going to drain him of his nuclear energy and the amoeba, once that happens, the amoeba will be invincible. Okay, so it's going to be, it's going to be the blob. We're Steve McQueen. So this is what happens when a normal everyday amoeba gets bitten by a radioactive uh, person, uh, you know, uh, presence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's very silly. And speaking of silly, <laughs> Hellcats, Hercules and Hellcats group is now making their way into the city in that red sports car. But I thought that first panel on this page, it's like a face on view of the sports car and it's drawn to look like a face. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it has a speed buggy Hanna-Barbera look to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just looks goofy as anything. I don't know why they went so far with it. Maybe it's just the angle or something, but so they're flying, they're coming into the city where they see a whole bunch of villains cleaning house in the diamond district. And the villains are whirlwind beetle porcupine back for the first time in 30 issues or 40 issues, I guess Um, the blob and Sagittarius from the Zodiac. So they all jump out to start fighting these guys. So Chris, the blob was also was was in an issue of Defenders. Oh yeah, that's right. He was one of uh, he was a baby the last time we saw him. Was <laughs> exactly he? he was just a baby. <laughs> now he's all all grown up again. The car stops short and Black Goliath falls off the back of it. Apparently, he was riding on the trunk of the car to get into the city, and you know they just start going at it with these villains fighting. Now the Zodiacs were they well they weren't. What were they? They're like they are artificial beings, though, right? Because Scorpio was like creating them out of molds or something. You know, we never got a really clear picture of what they were, except that at the end of that story, when we found out that three of them didn't make it out in you know good functioning order, we saw a close up of Virgo's hand, remember? And there was like the the artificial flesh was sort of torn away, and it was mechanical underneath. Right. So there was something robotic. They're not necessarily yeah. um, organics. Seemingly, yes. But it doesn't seem to make a damn bit of difference here because he's just as much of a villain as all the rest of them. Yeah, he seems to be the leader. Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be... It's just a a fun fight scene. There's not much to it. They're just, like, trading punches and the heroes are trying to grab back the bags of diamonds when suddenly the police show up and say, you know, hands up, everybody, and drop the diamonds, and all the heroes go like, wait, wait, we're we're heroes. And Hercules is saying, I am Hercules, leader of the legendary defenders. We were in the midst of subduing Yon the Thieves, the better to return these precious gemstones to the rightful owners. Thou art just in time to take charge of these base villains. Uh, the cops ask the other guys, like, what do you say about it? And, he, you know, Sagittarius is saying, like, we're the real defenders. They're the crooks. And then the cops say, okay, you're all under arrest. <laughs> so that's the end of the story where all these heroes and villains are getting arrested. Next up, superheroes and supervillains in a slugfest on the Staten Island Ferry. Psych out in the subway system. Shenanigans at the stock exchange. All this and much more in On the Day of the Defenders. 
And they kind of snuck in a couple more cameos here. I mean, there is a little bit earlier where yeah. where Bat Rock and White Tiger go at it. Bat Rock yes. goes out of nowhere. Electro and Hellcat. It's like Electro. It's weird. To, or Electro and Iron Fist, rather. Same um, color costumes. Oh, that's an interesting. Oh, that that's cool. I thought that was funny just because they look almost identical, you know. <laughs> And then in the end, we're seeing our old friend Plant Man, who you know put in his uh, Defenders time in the past. Oh yeah, there he is. And Meteor Man, who was in our Defenders arc in Marvel Team Up. Oh my gosh! And wow. then someone between, or is that Captain Ultra? Who's be- there's someone between Hellcat and Iron Fist. So I'm going to guess that's supposed to be behind Hercules. Yeah, I see him. I don't know who that is. Yeah, the coloring job. I'm seeing him as all like dark blue. I'm trying to embiggen the page. And is that a word? It is when I use it. Ambiguous. That's from The Simpsons. <laughs> a very early episode of The Simpsons. A noble spirit embiggens even the smallest person, something like that. Interesting. I do not know who that is. I think they color I think they didn't know either, so they didn't bother color but I think I kind of look think from the design it's supposed to be I think either they're trying to pass it off as Nighthawk with the coloring or it's Captain Ultra because it looks like he's got like this. Oh, you know what? I bet it's Captain Ultra, just not colored with but a, I thousand, think in that size, a thousand colors as usual. <laughs> yeah, it would be hard to, to, to be that distinct with him in that size, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's at so. the top of the page, too, under Scorpio's, I mean, uh, Sagittarius's outstretched arm in the same colors. Oh. But I, th- oh, really? I think that is Captain Ultra, yeah. Oh, at the top of the oh, okay. Oh, there, yeah, you're right. The top of the last page. Yeah, yeah, because he sort of got like some sort of like goggles on, right? Right, exactly. And it's funny. I don't know if, and I don't know if characters weren't named. It kind of felt like. I mean, I do wonder since some of them don't have lines at all. If Sal was sort of given, because a lot of more characters Sal has drawn, you know. Like, sure, but I'm they, sure they, they would have had to give him some reference because there's this a lot of characters yeah you know but they were anyway. running late or they were late well you're saying when you say it came out july well july 4th could theoretically be i mean, I mean a week the, late from june though yes the previous issue was may 16th so this next issue should have been you know about the middle of june and said it's the first week of july so i don't know why you know any number of things could have happened to make the issue late. Like it could have been a shipping delay or who knows what. You're familiar with those, right? Well, and I wonder what, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When, but I do wonder at then that era, I mean, were there, cause the, the, they didn't change the date on it. I mean, they didn't push the. No. So it's a July one that came out in September when you're saying the other, the previous issue was, oh no, it's a, no, it's a July issue that came out in August. So you're right. No, they, they, they they lost some time there. It does make me wonder if they ever pick up that month or if they just surreptitiously drop it at some point. Well, actually, so I have the, all the dates in front of me because I've got oh, okay. a spreadsheet here. And issue 64 went on sale July 25th, so that's only three weeks later again from the previous one. So oh, I okay. think so, that makes it sound like there was a shipping delay or something. Right. To push it from June into July. Yes. Uh, Bat Rocket threatened a lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, so there we go. Fun time for all. Yeah, this Di- is you know it's, it's a throwback to you know again just sort of the defenders getting caught up in something almost of their own creation. You know, even you know no demons, 
just rollicking, uh, you know, just having to go yeah. into New York and fight a bunch of bad guys. Yep. And there's some fun stuff ahead, too. I just flipped through the, the next issue and I remembered like, oh, yeah, that stuff's coming. So there's some cool stuff happening. You know, this was a pleasant surprise. Again, yeah. the, the, the Salby art. I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, again, a lot yeah. of the dialogue, you know, it did, you know, if there were things, you know, promised on the cover of the that first issue we read that there would be laughs, I did laugh. Yes. And that doesn't happen a lot. Right. You know, reading um, a comic. No. That that said, I, I don't think it was, this This is not like great Salby Salmon work, you know, he's sort of, it's the late 70s, it's been about 10 years since he first showed up, and he really was like John Buscema Jr. in a lot of ways, in terms of drawing really big, brawny, muscular heroes. You know, he's stripped down his style about as far as you can go. And yeah. then a few years from now, he's going to start inking his own stuff, and it kind of picks up again and gets more interesting. Yeah, I kind of feel like, and and I also, again, wouldn't be, I mean, with possible production delays or other things, it feels he might have been brought in to, you know, at, you know, because of deadline pressure. Oh, yeah, I would think so. I mean, he was the guy that... And then the inker is Jim Mooney, who is a, who is himself, a, you know, a, a penciler and inker. Right. So it does feel that, yes, yeah, some of the pages may be, you know, less complete. You know, it's all clearly, you know, Salby Summer breakdowns, but... Yeah. Jim Mooney always does a lot of, you know, uh, work on faces. Right. All right. Was there no letters pages? The letters page, you know, the, 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 this issue, the 63 did not, where it would have a letters page, it simply had, you know, and again, we're getting close to the era of, you know, the Hulk TV show. The pilots have aired the two TV movies, right. but it's still not a big sensation yet. Uh. But instead of a letters page in this issue... It may have been a choice. They put a big ad in for the Hulk color magazine. Oh, cool. And don't miss the Incredible Hulk TV series now on CBS. I would like to reread all those Rampaging Hulks and Hulk magazine issues. I remember really liking them. Yeah, I don't know if... Um, I, I liked the the black and white. I, the, the the color issues I was not as fond of. I mean, the Moon Knights, there was great stuff in them. I mean, the Moon Knight and everything that oh, they uh-huh. did. No, I'm looking at... Yeah, and, the, um, and here... November 77 was the first Hulk movie and March 78 was the second Hulk movie. Yes. Yeah, so there wouldn't have been a reason to delay the comic for that. And then the TV show as a weekly series starts September 78. And as we get into the next six or eight issues, it kind of takes some time to catch up to the mm-hmm. production time, but you start seeing the Hulk is super prominent on every cover. Right. Marvel's TV sensation. <laughs> yes. And I'm just looking on the Marvel website and I don't see any of that Hulk material from the magazines. There's no no listing for Rampaging Hulk at all, unless it's under T, which would be ridiculous. Oh, on um oh and the the the, the Marvel Unlimited? Yeah. Uh yeah, it seems like the there's Rampaging Hulk. There is? No, there is oh. not. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, there's a they did an essential of right. that material, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's, you know, the black and white is probably, like I say, it may have been reprinted once, but you know, I, do, I, do they have any of the magazines on there? I mean, do they have Howard no, the Duck the, or Two Dracula? Probably not. Oh, oh, of the black and whites. That's a good question. Oh well, we'll have to look into it. And okay, so what do we say? <laughs> Until next time. Defenders Defenders dissemble. dissemble.
All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will have another episode next week. Please leave us a review. Tell your friends, and we will see you next time. Superhero, a humdinging, real swinging, shield flinging superhero. They're the latest, they're the greatest, ultimate superheroes, the Marvel superheroes.